0: Well, it is good to be with you on this Monday, the start of another week together. And welcome to the podcast that we call Time in God's Word. This is David Carnes, and again, just so great to be with you. And as we begin another week, I'm reminded of all of the different testimonies of Jesus that are so prevalent in this world. For example, you'll hear people say that Jesus was one of many gods. You'll hear people say that Jesus was created, therefore he wasn't God. There are those that will say that Jesus was a wonderful example of moral purity for all of us to follow. And then there are those that will say, well, Jesus was just a great teacher and nothing more than that. And yet, when I hear all of this, I have to say that this is what keeps a lost world from coming to eternal life. This is what clouds the minds This is what clouds the hearts of mankind and it comes down to false and perverted testimonies about Jesus. But then with that said, the one testimony about Jesus that the world needs to hear is the testimony that has been given by God Himself, God the Father, about His Son. I mean, it is God who gives the true testimony about Jesus. It is God who speaks the truth about who His Son truly is. And God the Father is found all through Scripture, testifying about His Son, starting in the garden after the fall, and all through the prophets. And yet, let me say this, and that is, as we focus on this text out of 1 John chapter 5, we began to look at this last week. Starting in verse number 6 and going down to verse 12, we see John sharing with us that God has also shared testimonies about his son through what we're calling different sources. And what I mean by that is John brings out that God has testified about his son, for example, at the baptism of Jesus. God has also testified about his son at the cross of Jesus, and then God has testified about his son through the Holy Spirit. And again, John brings all this out. But now, If you were with us last Friday, you know that we had moved then over to Matthew 27 and the account of the cross. And we saw in Matthew's account that God did in fact speak about Jesus while Jesus was on the cross. And what is amazing about all of this is that God, when he spoke, he spoke through miracles. You remember that? (laughs) Yeah. And you remember that the the first miracle, the, the earth going dark, was that picture of God's wrath being poured out on Jesus, his wrath toward the sins of man. And what God was saying about his son was, this is my son who has come to bear the sins of mankind, to die in your place, to be your savior from sin and death. God speaking through that miracle about his son. But now, that was the first testimony that God spoke about his son at the cross. Now, there were two more testimonies to follow. And I want you to watch this. But this is what we're going to look at in today's podcast. It's awesome what we're going to see. But let's go ahead and dive into this. And again, we're going to be in Matthew 27 today. And so here we go as we spend time in God's Word. Here's the second testimony. Let me give you this. God also, a second testimony, again through a miracle, And we look at this, the first miracle again, the sun went dark. But now look back at Matthew 27 again. Let's drop down to verse number 51. Here's the second one. Verse number 51 says, And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom. You see that in your Bible. Now, here's something interesting. But while Jesus was receiving God's wrath towards sin on the cross, There was something that was taking place back at the temple in Jerusalem. Matthew tells us the curtain in the temple was torn from top to bottom. You see that? And you ask, okay, so what is all this about? Why is this important? Well, first of all, understand that in the temple, there was this room in the temple. It was in the back part of the temple. It was a room that was called the Holy of Holies. And this room, it was closed off by this mammoth curtain, veil, And understand that the Holy of Holies, it represented something. The Holy of Holies represented the presence of God. That's what it represented. And only once a year, and get this, just a little history on this, but only once a year could any man go into the Holy of Holies. That one man would be the high priest who served that year. And on that day out of the year, the Day of Atonement, it is what it was called, the priest would enter the Holy of Holies and take with him the blood of a lamb, pour out that blood on the altar, and this was the sacrifice made on behalf of the people of Israel for their sin. By the way, the author of Hebrews, when writing about this, says specifically, he writes that this was a sacrifice made for the sins of the high priest, and then for the unintentional sins of the people. Hebrews 9.7 But now hear this, but the Holy of Holies, this place that represented the presence of God, listen now, don't miss this. It was off limits to the people of Israel. Only the high priest on one day out of the year was allowed in there, nobody else. The curtain that hung at its entrance, the Holy of Holies, symbolized something symbolized this it symbolized the sinner's separation from god that's what it symbolized sinner cannot be in the presence of god someone who's not come to faith in christ cannot be in the presence of god and that curtain was there to send that message That message that said the sinner is blocked from God, the sinner is separated from God. Again, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. That that, That death, speaking of a spiritual separation from God because of sin in our lives. Again, God cannot be in relationship with sin. Sin causes death. Sin causes a spiritual separation from God. But yet, don't miss this and hear this. But in Mark's gospel account of this, it was when Jesus died, It was at 3 p.m. It was then that the curtain was split from top to bottom. When Jesus cried out, it is finished. When Jesus cried out, what I have come to do, I have done. And I've died for the sins of the world. It is finished. And right when he said that, That veil was split from top to bottom. And understand this, no man at the temple did that. God did it. God split the curtain. God worked that miracle. And understand what God was saying about His Son at that very moment. The testimony He was given at that moment was God the Father was testifying about His Son saying, now through My Son's death, you can come to Me now. There's no longer a veil between us. And for anyone that comes to my son by faith, believing that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, and his name is Jesus, the one that died for your sins, took your place on the cross, took your punishment for your sins, you believe in him and what he has done, then you can be saved, and now you can come to me. And you can be in relationship with me. There's no more veil. There's no more curtain. There's nothing blocking that relationship anymore if you just place your faith in what my son has done. And that is God the Father testifying about His Son in a second way. Now you can come to me because of what my Son has done. The ripping of the veil. That's the second testimony. Let me give you the third one. Hear this one. How else did God speak that day about His Son as His Son was on the cross? Well, yet, through another miracle. Through another one. Do this with me. Look midway through verse 51. Still in Matthew 27. Go half, go go midway through verse 51. And then we'll go down to the end of verse number 53. Let me read this. Follow me on this. But the scripture says, Matthew writes, And the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after His resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. You see that? All right, so what do we have here? All right, so God brings about an earthquake, and yet you can't miss this, but during the earthquake, do you see that the dead in Christ, what happened? The dead in Christ, those who had come to faith in Him and then had died physically, they were in their tombs. What happened? Scripture says they rose up there were resurrections taking place. Now we have another miracle, don't we? And the question I guess we could ask at this point is, what do these who were resurrected, what did they go and do? After the resurrection of Jesus, three days later, the Scripture tells us they just walk into the city of Jerusalem. That's all they do. (laughs) That's what they do. Here's a question for you, and that is, what do you think they were doing as they were walking around the city of Jerusalem? The answer is, don't you know, they were proclaiming Jesus. And I want you to hear this because you might be sitting there asking yourself, well, what was this all about? What, What was the purpose of this? And the answer is, they're witnessing to the power, aren't they? They're witnessing to the power, the resurrection power of Jesus. And don't you know they were saying, the one that raised me from the dead, he's raised as well. And what witnesses they were. I mean, they were going back into the city that was their home for them. And so they're going back to family, don't you know? And they're going back, walking into the homes of their friends, don't you know? And, and don't you know they were getting the people's attention, right? yes. I mean, you see someone that you buried a year ago walking down the street, right? That's going to get your attention. But understand this, but God, once again, He's testifying at the cross, speaking of His Son, and as God raised the dead saints, the believers in Jesus, God was saying, this is what my Son has power over. He has power over death. Death can't hold you down if you're a believer in Jesus. For you will rise. And you will be in the presence of Almighty God. And you will always live. You will die physically. But you will not die spiritually. Our Lord Jesus. He is the defeater of death. He has been risen. Just like these dead believers had been raised and again when you place your faith in Jesus God is saying you place your faith in my son you one day too will be raised to life you'll have this resurrection power you'll no longer know death but only spiritual life it'll be forever in heaven that's for the believer that's what God was saying about his son That day, as His Son was on that cross. It's amazing, isn't it? Three testimonial statements that God made about His Son at the cross. That Jesus took your punishment for your sin, number one. That Jesus made access for you to God, number two. And then three, that Jesus is the resurrection. The one with power over death and anyone that comes to Him by faith will have the same power, will have life, and have it eternal. Yes. All that said, just one more quick point. I want to bring this out. Look back, if you would, at Matthew chapter 27. Look at verse 54. Let me just show you this. A wonderful statement made regarding a centurion that was there that day and those that were with him. But verse number 54, let me read it to you. It goes like this. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. All right, watch this. There's a soldier there. There at the cross. One of many, by the way. But a centurion, a Roman soldier in charge of a hundred men, a battle-worn man, a hard man, And yet, when he sees Jesus on that cross, and he sees the power of God that day, when he sees the earth go dark, when he hears that the veil has been torn, and don't you know that when he sees the dead come to life three days later, Matthew says, This man and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, were filled with what? Awe, fear, wonder, amazement. And said, Truly, this was the Son of God. In other words, you know what happened? He believed. He went from death to life. He became a child of God. And others who were around him believed. And for this man and others, there there was no other conclusion. No other conclusion for them to make other than, This one on this cross, this Jesus, He is not just a prophet. He is just not a good moral example for us to follow. He is just not a wonderful teacher, but He is the Son of God. He is God. He is God in the flesh, come to die for our sins, to take our punishment, to be our Savior and our Lord. And friend, listen to me, that was His conclusion. And that was the day of that man's salvation. I close and I just simply say, if there might be someone here who has not come to the same conclusion as the centurion, that you come to that conclusion now. You come to the conclusion that Jesus is the Son of God. That He is God in the flesh who came to bear your sins and to die for your sins in your place, to take your punishment, to go to a grave and rise up out of a grave, proving that He is God and He is man and He has power over sin and He has power over death and He can give it to anybody who simply cries out to Him. You come to Him as a sinner and you ask Him to save you now. Throw me that lifeline, Jesus. Save me. Give me life. The one that the Father declared. The one that the Father witnessed and gave testimony about while on the cross. The Son of God. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you. Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus. Thank you for testifying about Him. Thank you for telling us about Him. We praise you. Father, I pray that if there might be again someone here today who does not know Christ as their Savior and Lord, that Father, they would come to the same conclusion that the centurion came to, that they would give their life to Jesus now. Today's the day of salvation. None of us are promised tomorrow. May the decision be made today. Father, thank you. And it's in Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) absolutely wonderful. God speaking about His Son. And again, He spoke through miracles. And let me say, because this is important that we see this, but only as God speaks about His Son, and as God speaks the truth about His Son, will the lost world have an opportunity to come to see the true Jesus, and therefore have the opportunity then to come to the true Jesus. But now, There's one more source that John brings out when we go back to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 6, the next time we come together, in which God has used and still uses today to speak about His Son, and that source is the Holy Spirit. And so again, when we come back on Wednesday, this is what we are going to look at. And so I look forward to seeing you then. And until then, have a great Monday, have a great Tuesday, and again, We'll see you on Wednesday as we spend time in God's Word.